Hi ladies and welcome to the Amazing Bible Dot Book Club. I'm Julie Callio, your host, and thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedules to tune in with me today. If by chance you want to contact me, you can do that at theab.bc.pc at gmail.com. Well, ladies, the end of First Chronicles transitions from King David to King Solomon's rule. Verse 1 of chapter 23 says, David is old, and he made Solomon his son king over Israel. Now the account that we find in 1 Kings chapters 1 and 2 has different nuances than 1 Chronicles chapters 23 and 29. Again, the chronicler does not take time to address any of David's other sons and the drama that comes with them. He just focuses on Solomon and the covenant that God made with him. It seems that the reason the writer of Chronicles was willing to share of David's sin of the senses was because of the future temple would be built on Ornan's threshing floor, which King David bought in order to stop the plague. Remember, this writer cares very much about the temple, the priesthood, and the Levites, and how they worship, and the line of King David, and Solomon, with whom God made his covenant. Just like every writer, one must figure out what's important to the message, and then leave everything else out. So David made Solomon king, but he had not had his official coronation yet. The writer then tells us that David gathered all the leaders and the priests and the Levites and organized them and gave them specific jobs with the building of the temple in mind. The writer makes it clear that Aaron's descendants alone were to be priests who minister before the Lord. One thing I am thankful for is that in verses 14 through 17, it tells us that the sons and grandsons of Moses were counted in the tribe of Levi, and that had never been made clear to me before as to what happened to them. It was interesting to me that one of the jobs of the Levites who helped the priests with the tabernacle was to stand every morning and every evening to thank and praise the Lord. With the priests, they cast lots as to when the various families would come to serve at the temple, and it was recorded when they would come and serve. That is why in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 1, Zechariah was a priest, and in verses 8 and 9 it says, And it came to pass that while he executed the priest's office before God, in the order of his course, meaning his time when he's supposed to go, according to the custom of the priest's office, his lot was to burn incense when he went into the temple of the Lord. That is where the angel of the Lord appeared to Zechariah and told him of the miracle that they would have a son, even though Elizabeth had been barren, and his name will be John, John the Baptizer. Zechariah's time and job were set, and there is where the angel of the Lord appeared. Ladies, God's timing is perfect. The chronicler then tells how David organized the musicians, and in verse 1, he describes the church musicians as prophecy with harps and psalters and cymbals. 
These also cast lots to know when it would be their turn to serve in the temple, and it looks like they were divided into groups of 24. Other temple workers are then listed in chapter 26. There were gatekeepers, and lots were cast to see which gate they would watch. Some Levites guarded the treasury of the house of God and over the treasures that were dedicated to the temple, verse 20, especially things that were dedicated after a battle. Then there were officers and judges over the affairs of Israel and over the warriors. And with the captains of the warriors, they seemed to switch out month by month, chapter 27, verse 1. In chapter 27, verses 16 through 24, the tribal leaders are mentioned. There are actually 13 groups with this listing. Two tribes, however, are missing, Gad and Asher. Plus Aaron has his own group as well as the Levites. Both of Joseph's sons are listed. And then each of the half-tribes of Manasseh are listed separately. One thing to note, at the end of the tribal leaders are two verses about the census. David was not going to count any man 20 years or under, and then it says, Joab the son of Zeruah began to number, but he did not finish because the wrath came against Israel. Also, the number was not put in the chronicles or the annals of King David. We do not have a copy of that book. The next section tells of the people over David's property. There were people in charge of the king's treasury, his storehouses, his villages, and his castles, his fields, vineyards, wine cellars, olive trees, sycamore trees, over the cellars of oil, the king's herd that were in Sharon, and then the king's herds that were in the valley, Then someone was there for the king's camels, and then there was a separate person for the king's donkeys, and then there were people for the king's flocks. We then meet the king's counselors, and then the general of the king army was Joab. David then prepares the people for the building of the temple that Solomon will do, chapter 28, for God would not allow David because he was a man of war and had shed blood, verse 3. David shares that God had chosen Solomon to be king and he will establish his kingdom forever if he obeys God's commands and judgments. He then charges Solomon to obey the Lord fully and to serve him with a perfect heart and a willing mind. For the Lord searches the hearts and he understands the imaginations of our thoughts. In verse 10 of chapter 28, David says, Take heed now, for the Lord has chosen you to build a house for the sanctuary. Be strong and do it. David then gives Solomon the blueprints of how to build the temple, according to what the Spirit had given David. He even gave the weights of the pieces that belong in the temple. Verse 19 of chapter 28 says, All this, said David, the Lord made me understand in writing by his hand upon me, even all the works of this pattern. He then re-says in verse 20, something very similar to what Moses said to Joshua. Be strong and courageous and fear not, nor be dismayed, for the Lord God, even my God, will be with you. 
He will not fail you nor forsake you until you have finished all the work for the service of the house of the Lord. Then he reminds Solomon he's not alone. He has lots of people assigned to help him. David charges the people and says that he is given of his own possessions to build the temple and he encouraged everyone else to also give. Verse 9 of chapter 29 says the people rejoiced and they offered willingly because they gave out of a perfect heart. This in turn made David the king rejoice with great joy. David then praises the Lord. He gives thanks. He prays for Solomon. In verse 15 he says in his prayer, For we are strangers before you and sojourners, as were all our fathers. Our days on the earth are as a shadow, and there is nothing abiding. Keep in mind that one possible translation for the word Hebrew is not from here or not from this place. Then David and all the people blessed the Lord and worshipped. They gave sacrifices, they ate and drank, and then the people made Solomon the son of David king, and he was anointed, and Zadok became his priest. At the end of the book, it says that King David died, and his acts were written in the book of Samuel the seer, and in the book of Nathan the prophet, and the book of Gad the seer. Again, these may be the men who wrote Samuel and Kings. To end today, I want us to look at a couple of verses in the New Testament book of Hebrews. If Hebrews means not from here or not from this place, then that brings so much more depth to this book's understanding. In chapter 11 of Hebrews, the writer has a list of Old Testament heroes of the faith. Then in verse 13, it starts, These all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off and were persuaded of them and embraced them and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. And they that say such things, like King David just did, declare plainly that they seek a country. Verse 14. Then verse 16. But now they desire a better country. That is a heavenly country, wherefore God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he hath prepared for them a city. You know, Jesus says, I go and prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and bring you to myself, that where I am, you may be also. Then in chapter 8 of Hebrews, the writer talks of Jesus as our high priest, who sits on the right hand of the throne in the majesty of the heavens, a minister of the sanctuary and of the true tabernacle, which the Lord pitched and not man. The things of this earth, the tabernacle, the temple, the city of Jerusalem, they are all shakable. Actually, at the time of this writing, all of that was wiped down to the ground. They are a picture image, however, of what is to come, and that is not shakable. If we are Christians, the old gospel song is true. This world is not my home, I'm just a-passin' through. As I said in yesterday's lesson, 
The end of the entire Bible in the book of Revelation ties it up with the true tabernacle in the eternal Jerusalem. That is the place where there is no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying, nor pain, for the former things are passed away. Revelation 21.4 Right at the end of Revelation, Jesus says, I am the root and the offspring of David, the bright and morning star. He then says, Surely I come quickly. And John, the writer of Revelation, says, Amen. Even so, come, Lord Jesus. So, ladies, are you ready for him to come? Do you feel like a sojourner in this land, or do you feel at home here? Do you give of your time and energy to things that will crumble or to everlasting purposes? Do you give to the Lord with joy or begrudgingly? Do you have a task that God is calling you to do? As David told Solomon, then be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or dismayed, for the Lord your God will be with you. If he has called you to it, he will equip you for it. So today, ladies, if you hear his voice, don't harden your hearts. Instead, let's be women who obey. Until next time, and thanks so much for listening. Bye.